It is Twitter Tuesday, and the Chargers have answered a lot of the biggest questions so far this offseason, but one still remains, and that is who is going to play right tackle, and we get into all the options on today's Locked On Chargers podcast. You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade, joined as always by my co-host, David Drogemeyer. And we've been covering the Chargers for over six seasons. We're heading into our fifth season as a host of the Locked On Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thanks for making us your first listen. And to make sure you never miss the show, subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel and also follow the show for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcast from. But today is Twitter Tuesday, something we're bringing back during the offseason. We have some great questions like who is going to play right tackle for the Chargers and also what's the weight on maybe bringing back Odea Bushi? A couple really, really good questions to start the show. And we'll also talk about Sean Merriman basically doing the verbal TikTok version of the eyeball emoji saying that the Chargers will sign a big free agent after the first big waves of free agents have already gone. Are there any guys out there that fit that bill? We'll talk about that. And also, whether or not the Chargers should go shut down corner with all the moves in the AFC West or go try to keep up with another speedy wide receiver or just adding to that wide receiving core. And then, of course, the most important question of the day at the end of the show, tacos or burgers? Obviously, we had the pancake waffle debate. We'll see where this one goes. But, David, it has to start with the big one here. And we had some great Twitter questions at LockdownLAC on Twitter where we really appreciate all of you guys coming in and Thank you. Your spin on the show, so to speak. And we start with Chargers fan 79. Why are we waiting for right tackle? And do you guys think we bring Abushi back? So obviously talking about Ode Abushi, but I want to start with the right tackle position, David. And I think there's a few different options that the Chargers could go with. And I think that we're all kind of just trying to figure out which one they're going to do. The first option I think, you know, is one of the preferred options, which still I think could bring some upgrades to that position, which is, bring in a, a free agent right tackle, right? Bring in one of these guys like a Darrell Williams or a Riley Reef. Take that off the board so you can really focus on the draft and not feel like you have to reach for a tackle. Yes. Not a bad option in my mind. Second option is move Matt Filer to right tackle, something that Brandon Staley talked about a little bit at the owner's meeting, and then obviously figure out the guard situation because you'd still only have, you know, Brendan Hymas, and that's basically it, but you could fill that maybe a little easier in the draft. The third option is, Roll with who you got with Storm Norton and Trey Pipkins and hope that you can draft a tackle early on in the draft that can help you this year. So, David, I think that's kind of where everything is aligned right now. Yeah, I just think it's the uncertainty that's very annoying for all of us. It's just what are they going to do? But it just seems like listening to Brandon Staley talk about the potential for move for moving Matt Filer to right tackle, it seems like the Chargers already have an idea of what they're going to do. And in typical Chargers fashion, they're not going to tell anybody mm-hmm. until it is just abundantly clear what they are going to do. Um, out of those options, I think for me personally, I would love for them to move Matt Filer out to right tackle because I feel like finding a guard that's going to be a suitable replacement is going to be a lot easier than finding a tackle that's already proven to be the quality of Matt Fowler at that position. So that's my first choice. Secondly, you know, followed by, you know, going and getting somebody and signing a veteran. Uh, That's also another great choice for me as well. 
Yeah, and I mean, this isn't to shoot down, you know, the Trevor Penning truthers either, right? I mean, Charles Cross could be there at 17, like we've seen in some mock drafts, and that's something, you know, all of a sudden I'm very interested in taking a Absolutely. at 17. So it all just kind of depends. But I think the biggest part is, like, you don't want to leave yourself in the position where you feel like you have to take one. And that's, that's right. the biggest thing is just the flexibility. And I think that's why you're going with those first two options that you brought up. And I do think that Matt Filer against the right tackles that are still out there in free agency, he has a very good chance of being the best one. I also really liked having that left side of the offensive line together with Corey Lindsley, Matt Filer, and Rashawn Slater because we saw how good those dudes work together. I mean, that's very, uh, you know, that's a hard thing to do. And I think really for right tackle, it's just like I wish there was some competition, right? If you are going to roll with Norton, if you are going to roll with Trey Pipkins, having some competition that's not a rookie, to potentially take over that spot. I mean, even at this point, if I'm saying, hey, I'd rather be Trey Pipkins over Storm Norton, uh, you know, that's a guy who started every year and we know what Trey Pipkins is. That kind of, you know, tells you what the right tackle situation is. I do think with the, you know, Matt Filer thing, in that situation, you still only have Brandon Hymas. So maybe you do in the first round go with a guard like a Zion Johnson or someone like that, Kenyon Green, if Johnson's off the table potentially. But at the same time, then you're kind of still pigeonholing yourself where you feel like you have to take a guard early on. Because if it's not at 17, now it's 79. Because that's yeah. how much of a gap is in between those picks. So how many people at that position are going to go? A guard is a position that, I mean, you could see zero guards go, but there's a couple that are probably good enough to go in the first rounds, the ones I mentioned. Yeah. They still have quality guards when you get into day two. You know, you just don't know if the guy that you want is going to be there. I know me and you talked about a couple of guys yesterday, David. Yeah. But there's also, you know, potentially bring back Odia Bushi. Because if you yeah. have Matt Filer and now you move him to right tackle, one of the best things I think you could do is bring back somebody who already has some chemistry with this line in Odea Bushi, and that's what the people want to know because Brad Austin also asked the same thing if we've heard anything about Odea Bushi. Nothing yet. I mean, it's all silence. Maybe it is a medical thing, but moving Matt Filer to right tackle, putting Odea Bushi back at right guard doesn't seem like a bad idea. Not at all. I mean, for me, I don't understand why the move hasn't been made already. I mean, it's not like it's going to cost a lot of money. And of course, it has to be things we just don't know. We are just not privy to that information. Well, he did have Is a season-ending injury. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, obviously, it was a, a very serious depressing. injury. That's yeah. very true. So, I mean, is there something that's giving you some pause on the medical side? Yeah, that, we don't. We're not privy to that. Like I said, but I mean, if that's the case, obviously, that's a legitimate reason to hold off on you know that particular signing but if that's not the case then it's not going to be a money situation he's not going to make very much money he, he you know you left after five games last season so you know you're probably looking what a million million three 1.3 i mean it's not yeah. going to cost a lot i mean and hey for him if he's just trying to say see who who's going to be out there and what teams do in the draft. And then does that, you know, still, you know, do teams still have some questions they need to answer? You know, Hey, that's, that's up to him and his prerogative. But I mean, if it's just him not wanting to come, come back to the chargers, I mean, Hey, that could be it too. But if it's not that this is a big move that that should be made, I think it's a no brainer. Yeah. And I mean, I think it makes too much sense for them to not bring him back. I mean, it would have to be the injury concern, but like, even if you know, you get him for six, seven games, like then at least if you have to draft a rookie to be behind him, he has a little bit more time, right? But he's yeah, I think he could definitely come back and play easily more than he did last season. For sure. Even, you know, as a guy who's been a journeyman throughout his NFL career, he fit in really well with the Chargers offensive line. And that was playing next to a true liability, honestly, in Storm Norton. So I do think with O'Day, it just makes too much sense. And then if you do want to draft a guard, you can draft a guard to be competition for Brendan Hymas, right? So yes. you're not just giving that left guard spot away 
to Brandon Hymas. But if Brandon Hymas does, you know, is the one that gets thrust in there, now he's surrounded by an all-pro center in Corey Lindsley and turns to his left and has an all-pro left tackle in Rashawn Slater. So that Absolutely. seems like a pretty ideal situation to kind of nurture him into being a starting guard in this league. But it is a giant question mark who is an unproven commodity. And I think that's the thing is just trying to come to terms with going into the draft with unproven commodities as we've seen it. And you can throw, you know, Trey Pipkins into that mix as well. And Storm Norton, hard to say. it's He's proven at this point. We know he can start, but we just don't know if he can start and play well consistently, which is why it's always so tough. But maybe, you know, the knight in shining armor is actually on his way because Sean Merriman did talk about a few days ago on TikTok, which was circulating again today on social media. He talked about the Chargers restructuring max contract and having another big free agency signing on the way. So we're going to talk about that. And we're also going to talk about if it's better for the Chargers to take a lockdown corner or if they should take a receiver and just try to keep up with the rest of the AFC West. So we're going to get into all of that. But can you guys believe what happened in that Oscars? Can we just talk? Can we just take a second and talk about Will Smith at the Oscars? Well, if you guys want to bet on it, you can actually get odds at betonline.net. That's the kind of crazy bets that they have over there. And I've told you guys about BetOnline before. You know I love the crazy stuff, the prop bets. Around the draft, you know, March Madness, when there's just, you know, simply madness everywhere and there's so many things to bet on. I'm right in my sweet spot. But with BetOnline.net, you're going to get the best odds, lines, and props that you're going to find anywhere around. And you can actually take, you know, Will Smith minus 3,000. Maybe go Chris Rock as the underdog, you know. Maybe try to win big there. But there's so many great things to bet on with BetOnline.net. And it's obviously not just celebrity boxing, but it's also basketball pro and college. You can also get boxing and UFC action as well straight to your Vegas casino games. So you're going to find something that you like at betonline.net so head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action at betonline where the game starts all right david well we are back here on twitter tuesday and to make sure everyone doesn't forget you can hit us up at locked on lac anytime throughout the week because we also do fan mail friday and especially in the off season we love getting your guys's takes on where we should go with some of these shows and today is just another great example of you guys coming through in a big way. And the next question that we have here was something that was circulating Chargers Twitter once again. So we have to thank, you know, Sherd for bringing it up to us who asked us on Twitter. What do you think that Sean Merriman or who do you think Sean Merriman is referring to when he says the Chargers will have another big free agency signing? So the backstory here is on TikTok four days ago. I had David pull up the research on that because I don't own a TikTok. Four days ago, Sean Merriman said that there's a big free agency signing on the horizon for the Chargers still, even after J.C. Jackson, all those things. Chargers haven't signed anybody since then. So it's impossible to say that, you know, any of the latest signings by them was that big guy he's talking about. At the same time, there's not a lot of big guys left on the market. And he did say, hey, it's not going to be a J.C. Jackson big move. But there's something in the works. And we don't really know what Sean Merriman has as far as, you know, sources in the front office. But what we do know is he still seems very involved with the team, right? It's not one of those guys where you haven't seen him in 15 years. He's very present. He's at the games. He's doing stuff with them. The, you know, whole beer pong interview thing that he was doing with them. So it's not, you know, far-fetched to believe that something could be in the works. But then who would it be? You know, because if you're looking at the big free agents still out there, as it would pertain to the Chargers, the guys they've been linked to, Tyron Matthew, right, still out there. Looking for more money than the Chargers got, probably. Bobby Wagner, who's had a couple of public visits to the Ravens and also to your neighbors, the Los Angeles Rams. And there's Akeem Hicks, who's still floating around out there, even after the Chargers have made a couple of big moves 
on the defensive interior. So, David, what are you making of that? Like, what do you think when you hear Sean Merriman say something like that? Do you think there is a big free agent signing, or do you think maybe something was in the works and did you know kind of fell through, or it's maybe just probably not going to live up to the hype of what people are expecting? Well, I don't know. Outside of those first two players we mentioned, you know, Bobby Wagner and and Tyron Matthew, that there's any players that are actually out there at that caliber. So I and hey, I mean, he might be talking about somebody physically big too, right? So is it another offensive lineman that they you know that they could bring into the fold? I I mean, mean, there's guys like Jadavian Clowney and Stephon Gilmore and like some you know elite players or at least guys who have played elite. At some point, right? But like yeah. I, we're talking about the guys who would make sense for the Chargers. You're not going to go sign another big edge rusher after trading for Khalil Mack or sign a big corner after bringing in J.C. Jackson. But, hey, I mean, if it's Akeem Hicks, I mean, I'm still okay with that move. I mean, really solidified that defensive <laughs> line. I feel very, very good about the moves they already made. They're in much better shape now than they were the last several seasons on on the defensive line. But, I mean, hey, this is still a veteran guy that I still think brings something to the table, brings some interior pass rush, and a guy that can stop the run. So, I mean, I can see that move potentially. I mean, as far as Bobby Wagner, I'd love to see it. I just don't see it happening. I don't see it being a realistic option. Yeah, I mean, I don't. the Bobby Wagner thing doesn't make sense because you're not going to spend 3 to $5 million on Kazir White. You're not going to spend, you know, what it's going to take to bring yeah. in Bobby Wagner, who obviously has other suitors. Tyron Matthew, it seems like he's making a point like, hey, I'm not going to sign for less than I know I'm worth, which means he's still probably looking for a big number, at least from everything I've read about the situation with the key mix. That one's kind of, you know, all quiet on the Western front. There's not a lot there where you could see a lot of smoke to him signing somewhere soon or him even being linked to the Chargers. But I do think, I mean, I don't know if there's a lot coming at that position now because the one thing we have seen is a youth movement. He doesn't fit that mold right now, especially with an, you know, aging pass rusher in Khalil Mack. You brought in young guys, you know, 26, 27 years old, Sebastian Joseph Day, Austin Johnson. You brought back Cortez Broughton, who's still a younger guy. And then you have guys like Jerry Tillery, who's young. And then you brought back Christian Covington and you still have guys like Braden Fehoko, right? Who's still kind of hanging around and I think provides you solid depth at that position. Joe Gaziano is still in the mix. So it's hard to imagine they're going to make another free agency sign at that position. Like if we're going to go out at this point, shore up a different hole, if you're going to kind of, you know, bark up that tree. I mean, Tyron Matthew, it's like, Hey, (laughs) find a way to make that work, dude. Just (laughs) figure it out. We'll figure out the rest later, but it's hard for me to imagine a signing like that coming through at this stage of free agency, but somebody's going to get a deal on Tyron Matthew. It seems like, but let's go to the next question here from AV boxing who asks, seeing how many speedy receivers there are in the AFC West. Is it better to go speedy wide receiver on round one to match it or going lockdown corner to help stop it? So very good question. I mean, I think obviously you feel better about the chargers corner situation right now with a JC Jackson in the fold, obviously, but at the same time, you can always add more. And all we hear Brandon Staley talk about is just how much he loves cornerbacks. And he's a defensive guy. It makes a ton of sense there. But you also heard how much he lit up when talking about when someone asked him, hey, what do you need? You know, what if you brought in like a speed receiver? Do you feel like that's missing from your offense? He's like, hey, if you can find a guy who can be fast, get there and also do everything else, that's going to open up things for Austin Eckler, Mike Williams before he was even re-signed, Keenan Allen so on and so forth. So, David, this is a good question, and I think definitely is worth talking about today. 
It is a great question. Absolutely. And I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, for me personally, I think I, I like the the addition of a speed wide receiver. I think after adding JC Jackson and having him on a five-year contract, I mean, he's not going anywhere. You had him, you have him for a long time. You have him for a, a very, very good number of 16.5 million per season is well uh, below the top, you know, five corners that are making, you know, 19, 20, 21 million per season. So, I mean, this is a great addition to your team and I think that allows you to be better with not having to worry about Michael Davis being your number one corner which is going to make him better and you're going to have Asante Samuel Jr. in the fold I think I like where they have at corner it's not the biggest pressing need for me I think if they're able to add that receiver that could really you know burn I think that could complete their offense I think that's just one of the big missing links for me if they're able to add that I really think this is an offense that could be historic But what about Andrew Booth Jr.? Yeah, if Andrew Booth Jr. is there, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for me to say no, man. I just, I love the way that kid plays plays the game. Yeah, and I think there's kind of a thing, especially in the AFC West, where you're going to see it, I think, a lot more, which is like, Every corner is going to get burned at some yeah. point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you're just looking for who's going to get it the least, obviously. But like even the Bills, right? The team that had the number one defense last year just goes and gets shredded oh, yeah. by the Kansas City defense. And like I think what defense is coming Offense, down yeah. to and why, yeah, yeah. And why it's so important now is like what is so important now and kind of what the Chargers have addressed is getting turnovers, right? And just yes. take getting those chances, getting extra opportunities for your offense because teams are going to move the field. There's so many good quarterbacks in the AFC. Oh, yeah. Right. So like if you're getting a guy like Andrew Brew Jr. who has the ball skills he has. Right. Hey, I don't think you're going to be stressing that much about Michael Davis going to, you know, a bench role. Obviously, he's probably getting paid too much for that. If that's how it shakes out. Right. Or maybe he gets hit this year and you have another young dude waiting in the wings and getting some time in to, you know, maybe pick off a couple passes this year. Like, I think there is something really to that. At the same time, you know, wide receiver bringing in a different aspect to that room, even after the contracts you've signed to wide receivers like Keenan Allen and Mike Williams is super tempting because, you know, there are going to be games where you have to keep up. And one of the things that's going to help you do that is adding another dimension to your offense. So I think you match up Gerald Everett and a Jamison Williams in the draft to add on to what the Chargers already had last year. I mean, I think Gerald Everett's a clear upgrade over Jared Cook if he stays healthy. Just brings, I think, more of what the Chargers need for their offense specifically. They don't need really a possession guy like that. And Jamison Williams, like now you're going to be truly formidable if it all works out. And, and, and man, somebody brought up a good point on Twitter. I can't remember who did, but they were saying like, hey, you know, first-round wide receivers don't always work out. That's a great point. When you look at the best receivers in the league, Keenan Allen being one of them, They're not drafted in the first round, Cooper Cup, you know, guys like that. But Alabama wide receivers have a pretty good track record because there's seven of them, the last seven since Julio Jones, basically. It was Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Henry Ruggs, obviously, incomplete, you know, there. But Jerry Judy, another guy who I think is still pretty talented. Like, I think he still, you know, can be good. And Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. But, like, at least five of those dudes are good to really good already, right, in their career. So, I mean, that's a pretty good track record. If you're taking a wide receiver in the first round from Alabama, it usually tends to work out. So, I mean, I I did all that, David. I don't even think I answered the question. (laughs) I mean, it it, it was absolutely great research Uh, there, Daniel. I mean, I I appreciate the time and effort that you put into that. So, Thank you. I needed that. (laughs) Well done.
Uh, but yeah, it is like that is a really tough question. But I think the thing is, is there's certain guys that kind of break the mold. Like if a sauce falls to you or someone like that. Oh, yeah. Takes the decision out of your hands, right? You just go with that and you just you can never have enough of that kind of quality of a player. And you do that. But I do think out of the guys that are probably there, receiver is going to be super, super tempting. But these are all just the minor questions of the day because we still have the big ones coming up next. The heavy hitters, which is tacos or burgers and also you know maybe a couple more football questions about derwin james potentially taking over kazir white's role and who the chargers could potentially trade down with in the nfl draft if they decide to go that way but david one thing i can tell you is if i need any kind of auto part the one place i'm going is rockauto.com because one of the things you don't want when there's something wrong with your card isn't or car is another headache i mean that is there's just no good time, right? There's never a good time. You never have the extra money to spend on a part for your car. So why go to a chain auto parts store and talk at the, with the guy at the counter and have you just, you know, have him ask you questions you probably don't know the answer to if you're not a car guy like I am, right? And it's just a whole pain. Like, you don't want to have to do it. You can stay at your house. You can go to rockauto.com and a few easy clicks. You're going to find the part that you need. Even I was able to do it. I didn't have some guy trying to sell me something from his specific warehouse. I went to Rock Auto, put the type of car in I had, and I got the part I needed. And the best thing is, I got it at the best price. Why choose to spend 30, 50, or even 100% more on a part when you can go to rockauto.com, a family-owned business, and get the best price available. Whether it's brake parts or tail lamps, you can get the best price with Rock Auto. So make sure you guys go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write Locked On in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. All right, David, we've had a ton of great Twitter questions today, but I think we have some more great ones here coming up because I think this is a very good question with the departure of Kazir White that we ended up getting in here from David Vargason, who asked, do you think it's possible that the Chargers moved Derwin James, the linebacker, to take over for Kazir White's role and sign someone like a Tyron Matthew? So this kind of ties in with what we talked about in the last segment of probably not on Tyron Matthew because even with the space they made with the contract with Khalil Mack, you'd have to put in another really backloaded contract. And those salary cap years in the future are already getting eaten up a little bit. I don't think that's the way they're going to decide to go with the, you know how Tom Telesco feels about building that way. But I think the biggest thing for me, David, is like if you want somebody, if you want Derwin James to play a linebacker, what you really need is, you know, you do need more safety help behind him, right? And Tyron yeah. Matthew would obviously fill that role. And if it was Tyron Matthew, you could just kind of interchange them because, you know, you could play in the slot. They can play up near the line of scrimmage. So I think that is something that with the Chargers is do you have the safety depth to really try to deploy Derwin James if you want him to play linebacker, if you want him to line up in all these different spots on your defense and be that ultimate you know, chess piece that you think he could be, do you have the guys in the back that are going to be able to make that happen? And the answer is absolutely not. They, they do not. So they, they, they can't do that. And also, yeah. I don't think that's the best way to get the most out of Derwin James. You don't want to put him in one particular box. He's a guy that can go and execute at multiple different positions and do it at a high level. He can do several things. If you want him to play that linebacker, he can do it and be one of the best. If you want him to rush the passer, even if you don't want him just to be a pass rusher, he could be one of the best pass rushers in the league. This dude (laughs) is a freak. He is, he can do everything on the football field. He can also play deep. He can cover your tight ends. He can cover your wide receivers. You don't want to limit this dude because he has so many skills that are going to make your defense better. Right. 
Yeah, hundred percent. And I think that it just kind of goes to the philosophy that they've been taking is just we're just going to keep adding defensive backs, right? Because Brandon Staley already rolls out one of the highest percentages of you know nickel or dime coverage in the league, where you're having yeah. five or six DBs on the field. So it's just keeping you know bringing in more defensive backs, and I think that's really the biggest question in the defensive secondary. We know that the you know talent they have there is really really high when you have jc jackson and asante and you have derwin james and you know maybe nazir adderley comes back a little bit this season but the depth there is very questionable because once you get past those guys the guys you're excited about then it's the Tavon campbells then it's the alohi gilman's the mark webb jr is another unknown commodity so i do think we'll see the chargers still attack the secondary very heavily in the draft especially you know, in those late rounds, to see if somebody can work out for them or you can find a better depth piece, a guy who can fill in rotationally at a higher level. And Brandon Staley did that before with the Rams, you know, where they got late round safeties that were able to help them immediately. So maybe they're going to try to hit that home run again. And I think maybe that was part of the thought process in taking somebody like a Mark Webb. But let's get to the next question here from Leo Fleets, who asks, are you in favor of trading down in the first round? And what is a realistic trade in terms of draft capital say with Pittsburgh at 20. And I think, David, when you look at the trade-down possibilities and everybody wants to trade down, we always say you need a partner, right? It takes two to tango, as you would tell people. But I do think you could get into a significant amount back for that pick, even with someone going from 20 to 17, because it's like you have all the leverage in that situation. So I do think if you know that makes sense because Pittsburgh could be trying to take a quarterback right now. The quarterback of the future is Mitch Trubisky. So, I mean, I think that's exactly where you would start if you're looking for – you know, trade opportunities. Yeah. I mean, in this draft this year, there's only really a couple of guys that are at the top of the list for quarterbacks, for guys that, you know, with teams that really need that next signal caller, it's Pickett and it's Malik Willis. I mean, those are the top two guys. And Hey, if one of those guys are there, the Steelers might get froggy and they might say, Hey, I got to make this move to go get this guy. And Hey, if you're able to pick up, you know, let's say, that 20th pick and let's say an extra third round pick. I mean, I think that would be tremendous value there. I mean, you know, you don't have a second round pick and there are other, would you take a fourth? Uh, I don't think I would take a fourth. I don't think I would take a first uh, that 20th and a fourth. I don't know if, if that's enough compensation. If you look at that model that Jimmy Johnson made for how much sure. each pick was worth. I mean, that pick at 17 is 950 points. And so their pick at 20 is 850. So you have to kind of find the happy medium there. And that is about a third or fourth round pick. So, I mean, that's uh, that's going to be an interesting one. Um, but I am a big proponent of trading down only if one of those premium players is not there at 17. Yeah, and I mean, I think there's going to be some tantalizing options there at 17 when it gets there, but maybe so much so that you feel comfortable moving back a few spots, right? Yeah. And I think what most people want is like, hey, can we trade down and get another second round pick? Because you don't have that. You're trying to recoup it. You want to dip in. You know there's some talent there in the second round. Understandable for yeah. sure. But at the same time, it's hard to always make those match up, right? The points aren't always going to match up. But in this scenario, with the 84th overall pick to move back three spots, with the Steelers, I mean, I would I would take that for sure. Yeah. I mean, not knowing who's there, you know, maybe somebody drops who's just you can't pass up on them, right? And yeah. we'll actually get into, you know, what our options would be at 17 if we're talking about the realistic guys and who we would take first on mock draft Monday next week. But I think I mean that I would do it. I mean, recoup an extra third, you know, top 100 pick, get yourself yeah. to three top 100 picks, and hopefully, you know, get a guy who can play some sort of role for you this year, which yeah. the higher round you have the more likely it is you're going to get it. But 
David, this is all just a build up to the big question of the evening. <laughs> Pancakes versus waffles turned into such a debate. I don't know if this one will have the fervor that that one did. And I also think, I think it's an easier question than the other one. I think the answer here is easier and it is tacos or burgers. So let me just lay the foundation and say, you know, me and David, both Southern California natives, maybe that kind of sways things a little bit, but we have not talked about it again. So for all I know, me and David are going to blows here. David, tacos or burgers? Yeah, I mean, unlike Braden Fehoko, I, I do love a good double-double from In-N-Out. I, I do enjoy that. I, yeah, that's I great. definitely I'll say do. It. Well, I'll be in an In-N-Out podcast. I don't care. Like, But the- of course it's tacos. Come on okay. now. Th- this right. is not even a question. And We're not yes, gonna them. does my you know heritage and where I'm from play a factor in that? Of course. Hello, San Diego has some of the best Mexican food like in German? the world. Yeah. <laughs> Calm down. Okay, calm down. I am from San Diego, born and raised, and yes, tacos all day long, breakfast tacos, shredded tacos, give them to me all day. Definitely not a question. Yeah, I mean, it's easy. Uh, And maybe, you know, we'll get some pushback on this. And I think, I mean, the nice thing is, you know, San Diego or L.A., you're going to get great tacos either way. I mean, follow Daniel Popper, right? He's the taco man. He'll tell you where to go. But No doubt. There's so many good tacos and Taco Tuesday. Like, there's no Burger Friday. Like, you get Taco Tuesday once a week. You get to drink. You get cheap tacos. And there's so many different good tacos. Like, so many good different tacos. Like, you can go chicken. You can go carne asada. You can go carnitas. You can go al pastor. You can go fish tacos. Rubio's, home of the fish taco down here in San Diego. Tijuana street tacos are undefeated. Street tacos. I mean, I used to go to this place like, and get $1 tacos, just some yes. you know, hole-in-the-wall Mexican food market. It was just the best. Tacos are where it's at all day. Bro, I used to go walk the streets of Tijuana, and there was just a little cart there. And, man, those tacos are to die for. You can yeah. eat five or six of them and still be clamoring for more. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like Mexican food's my favorite food. I'll just say it. I mean, yeah. I live in San Diego. like yeah. So many great taco shops. Like, I think, you know, outside of Mexico, sorry, San Diego has the best Mexican food in the world. And I know I might be starting something here. I might be stirring the pie here, David. I know it. I know I'm saying it. But the thing is, though, is the taco scene in L.A. is still fantastic, both in San Diego and in L.A. I mean, so so many good things to choose from. Red tacos as well. We didn't even get into that burrito. Like... So many fire choices. Plus, you get the hot sauce involved, too. And, like, every place has different kinds of hot sauce. You never get the same thing. Burgers, I love burgers. Yeah. I'm a bartender, too. So, like, I I serve burgers, you know. Burgers are great. A staple. In-N-Out is good. I'll say that, too. This might be the hottest, you know, controversial episode we've had, David. We're in on In-N-Out. We're going tacos over burger. And I'm also saying San Diego has better Mexican food than Los Angeles. (laughs) But I've tried both. You know, maybe not extensively in Los Angeles, but I've tried a lot of different places up there. I love San Diego. It's my home. And I, I mean, taco shops are the best. If I ha- can only have one thing to eat as far as, you know, fast food or eating out the rest of my life, it's taco shop. Carne Sign fries, California burrito, any kind of tacos you want. Taco Tuesday forever and ever because Taco Tuesday is the best. But that is going to wrap things up for today's show. On tomorrow's episode, make sure you guys check back in because there were some very interesting nuggets coming from Brandon Staley at the owner's meeting talking about the right tackle situation, enlightening us on that a little bit, talking about letting go of Kazir White and also how he feels about the tight end and running back position because he's always transparent. 
He gave a little bit more transparency as to where he thinks they're at and what they could potentially do to fill those spots. So make sure to subscribe to the Locked On Chargers YouTube channel so you can follow us there and not miss the show tomorrow or for free on all platforms wherever you get your podcasts from, whether that's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever, and make sure to rate and review if you like the show too. If you guys want to get involved on Twitter Tuesday, make sure to hit us up at LockedOnLAC on Twitter. And you can find my Twitter at DanTalkSports and David Drogmeyer's Twitter at DroTalk. SD. If you guys want to call into the show, you can call in at 323-524-7924 to the Lockdown Chargers voicemail line when we do some fan mail Friday stuff. We love getting you guys on there. But make sure you guys are back here tomorrow breaking down what Brandon Staley had to say in his most recent comments. But until then, take it easy and go Bolts.